Hello everyone, this is Sean Moss and I'm your host for this episode of the Ross Local School District Podcast. Each episode, we will be learning together about a new topic, bringing in district leaders, students, staff, and parents to provide insight and discuss the choices and opportunities available at Ross Local Schools. It's a conversation about what we're doing here at Ross Local Schools and how we discover, aspire, and relate every day. All right, welcome back to the next episode in the Ross Local School Districts podcast. And again, I'm joined with uh, Mr. Castator as my co-host. Welcome back. Happy to be back. You know, I guess the ratings went up. They must have. One week on the air and I'm invited <laughs> back for a second week. Doesn't get much better than that. So, uh, and you brought a guest along today. So we're going to we're gonna talk to the folks at Ross Intermediate School, the folks. So you have to do multiple personalities. I'll do here. my best. There you go. I think All he's right. used to that. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to let you take it over. Yeah, so with us today, we have uh, Mr. Jason Rettinger, who is the principal of the Ross Intermediate Building, which is, uh, we'll call it the new school, new school in an old building uh, that we opened up, up, opened up this year for our fourth and fifth grade students. So, uh, it's, a, so it's new this year. New this year. Okay. Yeah. So in previous years, our, our fourth grade students were housed at our two elementary buildings, Elda and Morgan, and we had a, a four grade model middle school, fifth grade through eighth grade. So oh, okay. a couple, again, reasons why we, we made the decision to open this building, uh, opening up the elementary schools to allow us to do full day kindergarten by removing the uh, fourth oh, okay, graders out. Sure. And then our middle school was, was overcrowded. Uh, we were yeah. actually over fire code capacity in some areas. Uh, and, and had just a lot of creative use of space, I'll call it, with people not really having appropriate space within the building. So removing the fifth graders out into this intermediate school concept, uh, really great environment educationally for our students, but also freed up some much needed space at the, at the middle school level as well. Great. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Good, good. So tell me a little bit about wh- why is it a new school in an old building? What does that mean? All right. Well, old building because I went to school there. So when I came through this, uh, I went to sixth, seventh, and eighth grade there. And then actually when I started teaching, I student taught here. I'm from Ross. I've been R- Ross my whole life. So right. I graduated in 95. I came back and student taught at Ross. And then when I started teaching at Ross, I was actually at what is the old middle school. And then the building turned in kind of an admin building when we uh, built a new high school and then moved in the old high school, turned into the middle school. And we've been back and forth in this building for a few years when we've been renovating. We've sent certain grades over there. Uh, So when I found out about this project, I was pretty excited because I love the old building. So we kind of redid a wing. So we took over like a wing portion of the building. We're not on the third floor at all. We just just enough to have the fourth and fifth graders in. So I noticed like the architecturally, it's a beautiful building. What is the history of that? Was that like the original building here for Ross, the entire school? Yeah, so it's the original high school uh, okay. going all the way back. Actually, when we were renovating, we were taking down the, the old class pictures going back into the 50s. And then wow. we, we have them in a room now. We kept all the old archives and everything. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty neat. There were some pretty cool things when we started going through the building and started renovating. Them. Yeah, it looks like when I when I first pulled in years ago, you know, when I was – 
I would come up for the theater shows. I'm like, that looks like the the building in like Hoosiers, right? right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think we actually found some magazines from the '60s and '70s that Absolutely. were tucked behind lockers that we removed, and a lot of kind of interesting That's artifacts. Fun. Yes. So you mentioned that you you went to school here. Give me a little bit of information about how you got here and all that. I mean, I don't need your birthday. Right. 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 Well, we wanted so. your GPA. <laughs> <laughs> that was above four. Above four. So. Uh, yeah, I went to Ross. I love Ross. So um, I was fortunate enough to go to school here, um, you know, all 13 years, including kindergarten. So I actually am in the first class of the Morgan building when that opened. I was in kindergarten when that opened. Had really good teachers coming all the way through. Actually had a sixth grade teacher over at the intermediate when it was the middle school, Mr. Gross, that made me want to become a teacher. Uh, and then I was fortunate enough. I went through, played you know, sports here and all kinds of activities. When I student taught, it was with Mr. Gross. And then this is all part of Teacher Appreciation Week because I, I reached out to him the other day to tell him. Very thank you. cool. And then, yeah. um, and then I started teaching with Mr. Gross on his team. So he's had a big impact on my life, along with so many good teachers in this district that I've fortunate enough to have. And then I taught uh, 16 years in the district, fifth and sixth grade. I was fortunate enough to be able to uh, get the dean of students and assistant athletic director job for the last three years at the middle school. And then this opportunity came up, and it was just uh, – like a perfect fit. Fourth and fifth grade kids are, are, they're awesome. I have a really good staff. We've inherited a really good staff that was coming from the elementaries and the middle schools. So they've made things very easy on me in my first year of being a principal. So I've enjoyed it. This is your first year? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. So what, he did, what he also didn't mention, he was also the varsity baseball coach yeah. here for how many seasons? Uh, 15, 16 years. Yeah. 15, 16 yeah. years. Did a great job building a, an unbelievably strong. While you were teaching fifth and sixth grade. Correct. Okay. Unbelievable baseball program. Uh, Jason, I think, was a natural fit for this position as the principal. He's a natural leader. Uh, the staff and the students rally around him. He's got a great personality, very positive, upbeat person. And you can feel that being in the building. I, I'm fortunate now I get to be in the building every day, and that's one of the, the benefits of even though being at the district office, we're now around kids every day, which is a lot of fun and kind of takes everybody back to why we got into right, this right. to begin with. But the energy in the building is really it's really great uh, from the students to the staff. It, it's a positive, upbeat place. You can tell kids are enjoying the experience uh, within the building. It's been a, a, a huge addition uh, for our for our district. And I, I just want to echo that, too. I think what's very interesting in everybody that we've had – excuse me, on the podcast, you've all grown up here. Most of you have all grown up here. And I think that helps bring that energy to to those buildings. You know, it, again, speaks to the investment that this community and its people are making, and in your case, coming back and giving back. It's uh, This is definitely a place you grow up and then you want to work here. If you look at our, our teaching staff, we have so many alumni in our teaching staff. Um, it's just a great place to be. And even like people like Steve that move into our community, they move in, they, then they start working here too. This is definitely a, a place that people want to be. Uh, and then once you do come to Ross, if you're not from Ross, you end up staying because it's just it's that great of a place. Fantastic. It truly is a, a school community. And I think that you know, there's not a lot of districts that can say that. Uh, other places have people, you know, living all over the place, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But Ross truly is a, is a school community, as he mentioned, with the amount of staff that we have that live in the district, the amount of staff that have children that attend the schools in the district. Uh, Jason happens to have a daughter that's a, a student in his building, so – Good luck to her. I mean, can you imagine your dad's the principal <laughs> right, of the school that right. you go to? I mean, I don't know if it gets much worse for a kid than that. But I, I feel bad for her. So, um, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't get away with much. But uh, I think that was also part of, 
when we when we started working on the intermediate building, my daughter was going to go to school there, so it was very important to me. Uh, certain things that we got done and the culture of the building, what the climate and what everything was going to be like. And we wanted to include students on some of those decisions on rules in the classroom, rules in the hallways. Uh, and they've been a big part of that. And I think some of that is because I'm from here and, you know, my child goes there, my daughter goes there. So I think it was important to me to make sure that we do certain things to open up that building uh, so that it was a, a great place to be. So when did the, when did that start just this past fall? Yeah, we started having conversations. I was just on committees um, back in even October and just ideas because we knew how many kids were at the middle school and kind of the all-day kindergarten was having. So they started looking at the building and what they could do. Uh, and I do appreciate that uh, once I became the principal, I had a lot of input, and I, I appreciate that, of you know what needs to be done, where classrooms need to go, uh, safety things that we needed in the classrooms, on the doors, um, key cards to get in and out, a safety wall, uh, a vestibule that we created. So uh, the district was very open to those ideas and what we wanted to get done, and and I appreciate that. I know we ran late in the project. It was it was quite a summer, uh, but I know there were some nights we were there pretty late. Dr. Conkle was with me, and we were hanging whiteboards and painting and trying to get it ready, and, uh, you know, we opened a little bit late, and, um, you know, we felt bad for our community because that causes some, some issues for our community, but I think once we opened and we ran our open house and kids got there and they enjoyed being there, I think we were in good shape after that. So again, that that really speaks to the progressive thinking that you guys are doing here at Ross and looking ahead. Um, you know, you 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 had some overcrowding. You wanted to enhance the the kindergarten, kindergarten experience, program. and now you've done this. So you you are watching what you're doing. Yeah, and we've and we tried to be strategic with everything we did. Um, the, the majority of Jason's staff that he's inherited uh, into the building came from other buildings. So there were teachers, mm. fifth grade teachers from the middle school that are now teaching at the intermediate school fourth grade teachers that came from Elda and Morgan that are now full-time at the intermediate school. And then even with our specials, uh, our art, gym, music, PE, we're sharing staff with the middle school and with the two elementary buildings as a way to just be as efficient as we possibly can uh, to, to appropriately staff our building and give kids the, the educational experience they deserve, uh, but also not add a, a ton of additional costs. Even though, again, go back to those primary reasons why we, we knew that opening this building was a great idea. Full-day kindergarten, that was something our community said that they had an interest in, and that is tuition-based. So parents are, are paying for that full-day experience uh, and then removing some of that overcrowding from the middle school and going to a more traditional middle school model of six, seven, eight. We were one of the few schools, I, I'm not sure, aware of any other schools around in greater Cincinnati that had a five through eight middle school. It's just it's a lot of kids. It's a wide range range, uh, and, and we just really felt like it was much more educationally and socially appropriate to have fourth and fifth graders Agreed. together and then six through eight. Yeah, because that's a major school. transition that it is kind of almost a culture shock when you go from fourth and fifth grade to suddenly become a sixth grade in a middle school environment. So yeah, that that's interesting. So tell me about some of the experiences and what, you know, you talk about the educational experiences. What do you offer there uh, over at the intermediate school? So uh, putting a fourth and fifth grade together allowed us to be really creative with our schedule. So we were kind of locked in when we had to have our specials because we're sharing them. And so we created a culture club over the summer that was a group of teachers that got together pretty much weekly, maybe biweekly, got together and talked about things we're looking for inside the building. So we had looked at some areas that we wanted to make sure we addressed. So we were able to level 
our classes, which has not really been done at the fourth and fifth grade. What do you mean level levels? the classes? So we have an advanced math class at fourth and fifth grade, which we didn't have. Oh, great. Uh, which allows us to put kids where they get the most amount of help and what they need. So the advanced uh, pathway for math um, then will flow right into the middle school where sixth grade now begins an advanced pathway. So that has allowed us um, – to really grow our kids and really address specific needs of kids. So that has been fantastic. Also, we've added a PBL class, which is project-based learning. Mm-hmm. It's something that is big in our district, but it's been really hard to do inside the classroom. So when we looked at this, we knew we needed a fourth special. Right away, I said PBL. This would be a great time to get PBL as a special. Uh, Mrs. Bossy, Mr. Parsons run that class, and it is they love it. Kids absolutely love it. They've done a great job with it. It's not just projects. It's learning to work with other kids. It's learning, you know, project, like working with kids, norms of conversations, you know, how to just work together, which is something they've missed in the last couple years with COVID and not being able to work together, not being able to play together. So we've seen some real growth in those areas and they've done a fantastic job of running those classes. They, uh, they've done murals on the walls. They're right now working on outdoor learning space. Uh, We have an idea for next fall to create another outdoor learning space but we've given them a lot of freedom to be able to do a lot of things around the school. And they, the kids have taken ownership. And now when they walk around, they see all these projects that they've done. And it's been really neat. And they create these Google Slides. They present them, we record them, send them out to parents. It's been a really neat class. So, And it's something that we will continue. Mrs. Bossy's coming back and going to do that again next year. And we're excited about it. So is that going to be a permanent fixture in your in your curriculum? Oh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah so it's, fantastic. Uh, it's it's really neat, and, and we're hoping it's something that grows. I've talked to Mister Saylor about even doing it at the middle school because the kids love it, and we needed a fourth special, so it just it worked out. It just worked out well. They actually combined two classes in one, so there's 50 kids in there, but there's two teachers. But they pull them out while they're working on murals, and some are working on posters, and some are working on their. Uh, presentations. Uh, it's really neat. It's a really neat That's class. That's a class. Yeah. And they bring in guest speakers. So they worked on food trucks. So then they brought in people that own food trucks and kids created food trucks and talked about their business model and how they would do it, which is really neat for a fourth and fifth grader as it grows. So it's been, no it's been really, kidding. we've had high school teachers come over and talk to them about businesses and art and things like that. So it's, it's been fantastic. Yeah, fourth and fifth grade level. That's amazing because that opens your mind to the ability that it's just not reading, writing, arithmetic, college, you know, kind of give them this exposure to different things that are in the real world. Absolutely. You know, for, for a long time, education's been so focused on just climbing those those grade levels. Yeah, and in in those tr- kind of traditional professions, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, this is things that we're now exposing kids to that are maybe outside the norm a little bit. But again, it, as a fourth and fifth grade student, to see that, gosh, I had a guy come in my classroom that he's, he's making a living as an artist and, and doing uh, graffiti art, I think. Yeah, absolutely. A, a guy that, yes. you know, and, and you see, you drive by, I drove by the city of Hamilton and, and see a mural that this guy painted and then to hear how much money he made from painting that mural and you look at, man, this guy's, he's made a career out of being an artist and uh, we have a ton of students that are musically inclined, uh, artistic and have all kinds of different abilities and I think that type of class just exposes people to different opportunities and things that may be out there in addition to the core academic curriculum that they're they're, they're always getting uh, within a traditional school setting. So it, it's been a great addition. Um, I, I, you see the projects as we walk around the building, see the project that, that the kids are involved in and how much pride they take in knowing that they've done something to enhance the building uh, but also work together with their peers to do it. Right. And their, and their projects will be there long term. So when they're in high school, they get to come back and see that they – 
you know, painted class of 2030 on the mural they made outside of the main office or the garden or different areas. So it'll be exciting for them as they as they get older that that's their stamp at the intermediate school. It's kind of like that whole building's a time capsule. Yeah, there right? you go. Right. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. And actually, that building might actually be a time <laughs> capsule. So, yeah. So is that a special? And, and yes. how, how do kids get into that program? So everyone gets it. So no everyone kidding. in our building will have uh, one quarter of PBL, one quarter of art, one quarter of music, and one quarter of PE. The other thing we see is, you know, some kids struggle a little bit in math or they struggle a little bit in, in language arts, but kids, they shine in some other areas. So we want to make sure you give kids some other opportunities mm-hmm. where we see some kids work in PBL or music or art or even PE that you don't see maybe in a math class where it's hard for them. And you see different personalities come out of them. Uh, you see them shine different ways. They communicate maybe differently with those teachers and attach to those teachers. So making sure that we can provide kids with lots of opportunities, you know, outside of your core subjects is a big deal. That is the epitome of your motto, aspire. Right. You're showing folks how, you know, these, these young kids students, how they can aspire to other things in life. That's fantastic. Yeah, and it's also real-life application and, and taking some of those concepts and things that you may be learning in math and in art and science and then applying them to something that you can relate to on an everyday basis. I think that's a huge push in education now. Absolutely. There's content everywhere, you know, like you can you can go online and learn all you need to, all you want or need to know about certain subjects, but being able to actually apply it in a real life setting say, Hey, gosh, if I was a, if I did this job, these are the kind of things I would be mm-hmm. doing. So it's, it's really been cool to see kids have that opportunity. It's something very unique. I did, I'm not aware of any other schools that are doing that as a standalone yeah, I don't class, uh, much less with, with fourth and fifth grade students. So uh, it's been, it's been a really cool thing to see. I want to ask Jason a little bit about his staff. Uh, and, and they've, again, you, you mentioned, you know, the kind of the sprint to get into the building and get school up and running. And uh, that was certainly a, a team of people. Uh, our maintenance staff had an incre- did an incredible amount of work over the summer getting things ready as well. But uh, starting a new school, a new building, bringing staff members together from three different buildings, uh, kind of building that team and putting that group together. And talk a little bit about that process and, and what you've seen, how those folks have been able to come together and, and do what's best for kids in your building. Yeah, so we inherited, uh, you know, staffs from three different buildings. So they were come from three different leaders, in leadership there. styles, things like that. So I, I was a little concerned, with, but we didn't want to split the teams apart. We want to keep them where they were already strong. So we kept our teams together. Actually opening up a little bit late allowed us to do a lot of team building things. We went off campus and, you know, played some games and activities, let people meet each other. We did a lot of things to mix our groups together so they got to know each other. They had time to work on their rooms and help each other. Um, I actually was told by a staff member, we've never been able to do this because usually you just start school. So I think that really helped. And and also, again, I just – we got to inherit a really good group of professionals. It's, it's a veteran group. Um, I need to just stay out of their way for the most part and because they know what they're doing, and they're really good at their jobs. One thing that has been neat is they bring three ideas, three different ideas from three different buildings, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat too because we can look at things and, you know, sometimes like, well, we used to do this, and we'll say, well, at the intermediate we do this. So we look at different ideas and what worked there, and maybe this didn't work, and we try to let the teachers be flexible with their schedule and what they want to do with their day. I just tell them, here's your lunch, here's your plan time, and you tell me what you want to do with your day. And if we can make it work, let's make it work. So right now they're working on some things even for next year. And, and I've been amazed at some of the ideas they've come up with because we're not as constricted in our time other than what time we get there. You know, again, you go to your plan or your special, you go to lunch and what time we got to get you on the bus. But the rest of the day, they've got some flexibility. We created what's called a Rambell, 
which is our raise academic mastery bell. So we looked at some areas that the kids were a little bit deficient in. And during the RAM bell, teachers pull small groups or one-on-one, and they, they look at those areas of deficiencies and they address them. That We have seen huge growth since we started that in January. That was a PD day. The, the teachers were so open to it, said, absolutely, let's do it. So we use MAP. We use our MAP testing. And we just got some of our data back from the spring, from the winter to the spring, and our growth is uh, through the roof. And it's not about testing, but it is about growing kids, not only just academically, but socially and emotionally. So we are able to do that. Um, also, speaking of socially and emotionally, we have SEL, which is our second step. So once a week, our kids get a second step lesson. Um, and these are also things of working together um, you know, conflict resolution, things like t- skills that kids need. Uh, so once a week, they do that lesson as well. We have Rams rallies, which are pep assemblies uh, that we run uh, quarterly. So we bring over some high school athletes or, you know, some of the high school code that our kids think it's great, bring the mascot on and over. And uh, we do some things, the teachers jump in and play games with the kids. So we do that quarterly as well. That's our Rams rally. So, uh, and, and again, a lot of these were teacher ideas of when I asked them, what do you want to mm-hmm. do? So we pulled them during the summer and sent out some Google forms and say, what are you looking for? What are you looking for in a building? What do they want? And then we sent that out to the kids when the year started and said, what are you guys looking for? And again, because it's their building. So it's their building. And one of the things they came up with is they come up with the rules of how we should act in the classroom. How should we act in the hallway, at lunch, in the bathroom? And it's interesting to have kids create that. And then they, uh, they created the the paper, and then we laminate it, and it's hanging all over our building right now. So, so that was your entire student body, not yeah, your, just your student council. That was that was our student body. Each class Fantastic. did it, and then we we picked the we picked the best ones, um, and they're all hanging around. So the kids have created the rules of which the culture of our building is like, which is pretty cool. So we'll do that every year. So I was, gonna, year, I was just going to yeah, we'll have a new that. group yeah, in, and we'll do it again group. and say. What do you, th- how should we act here? What should we do? And we have those conversations with them. And, and our, our, our big theme is Rams, um, which is our respectful and responsible, accepting and amazing, mindful and motivated, successful and strong. So every day. So you just rattled that off. And I'm <laughs> well, we to say it every day. Every morning. Every morning. It's on <laughs> say that again. So we start with the uh, Pledge of Allegiance and then Rams. Uh, we have a 20-foot banner hanging up. Uh, that's wrapped on the wall that says Rams, and it's uh, respectful and responsible, accepting and amazing, mindful and motivated, successful and strong. If you wow. believe it, we will achieve it because we are Rams. So our kids know what it means to be a Ram. So we these are the eight character traits. We want them to act uh, to be a good intermediate student, and we hope that translates as they get to the middle school. And how, how did you come up with that? That The teachers helped. So I knew okay. we wanted some sort of pledge or some sort of something that was what we are. We wanted to create what we are. We're a brand new school, so what are we? So that was part of the culture club, and uh, Mrs. Helms was a huge part in that. She actually put the rest of it together. I came up with some words that weren't very fancy or or anything, and she (laughs) kind of put it together in a nice little poem that we can say every single morning. That uh, is posted in every single classroom, and it is also when you walk up the main steps, again, you'll see it right through the festival. It's about 20 foot long. We had some, um, one of our vendors wrap the, it's pretty cool looking. So, so they get reminded of all the time. We have Rams of the week. So you are, uh, teachers fill out a little piece of paper. And if you were respectful or responsible or any of the words we just talked about, you get recognized for doing that. And then we also have Rams of the month and each month is a different character trait. So when we started school, we started re- respectful. We just want to find kids that are respectful, which just means being nice, and we try to recognize those kids. We also give Rams cards out to our staff, so our staff earns them as well. Um, they, 
they write them for each other. So it's pretty cool. So at the end oh, of each week, awesome. we announce those, we send those out, and we deliver them to the uh, teachers. Wow. So one of my lasting memories of the intermediate school uh, from the from the get-go was walking into the conference room uh, one morning as I was coming into work over the summer and seeing a framed picture of Boy George. Culture uh, club. The the culture, culture club. club. Oh. And I go to Jason and say, what is this? And he said, culture club meeting. It's like, well, of course. What <laughs> yes. else could it be? Yes, culture club. Wow. But that, that speaks to, again, the, the culture and the environment of the building. Uh, he mentioned the, the growth that they're seeing, the academic growth they're seeing from the students. Uh, but it, it shows you that you can have a, a fun and supportive environment in a, in a school setting and still get tremendous academic results. And I think that more than anything is just from, from what I've seen being in the building a lot this year. Uh, it, it's a great environment for kids. It's a positive environment for staff. And, and kids are thriving and doing well because of that. And again, that's, that's one of the reasons we wanted to create this fourth and fifth grade model, kind of that intermediary step. It's the name Ross Intermediate between elementary and middle school. And, and I believe just, to, again, based on, uh, you know, what are we, six, seven months in now, uh, that we've seen tremendous results from this model. And, and that's a huge testament to Jason's leadership and the things that his staff have been able to do uh, at, at a building under some pretty tr- trying circumstances at the beginning there. Uh, but again, they, they've pulled it off and done an exceptional job. And uh, going back again to the intermediate school, when, it, you know, when we started talking to the architects about this building, they, we've, that building is going to last another 20 years. So this is not something that we went down the road lightly of, hey, we need some space for a few years to house fourth and fifth graders. This is a long-term plan to be able to keep this, these group of kids together, fourth and fifth grade, keep that space open in our middle school for future growth, and as well at the elementary buildings too. Fantastic. It just gives us one more chance to get them ready for the middle school. I, I, you know, an intermediate step. And, and I do want to say the, the elementary principals, uh, along with Mr. Saylor, have been huge with figuring out scheduling of how we can share teachers so that we can, you know, be very efficient, like Steve said, with our resources. Uh, they've been fantastic. And, you know, there's times that we'll visit the middle school. We're getting ready to go over there in a week or two. We're coming over to the high school. We're on this campus. So uh, we've been able to share some things that have been pretty cool. So, uh, but it's definitely been a team effort, like from, Everyone, like from not just construction, but from the other leaders in the in the district helping out plan things. And, you know, I, I call them all the time and get their advice at some point to probably probably start declining my phone calls. But they you know, we have a really good group of, of leaders in this district, a fantastic group of educators and support staff. And, you know, they make us look good because they're just that good. Like they're they're that good. And I think when you give them an opportunity to have a lot of input on how they want to run their day and things they want to do. They've got great ideas. So you just got to let them do it. I love the innovation. I mean, it, 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 I see it everywhere, but I think you guys are, are at the forefront of that. I think schools and education in general is starting to realize you've got to give that creativity and that input. Ownership. Ownership, ownership. Yeah. yeah. And, and you as a fir- is your first year as a principal, yes. right? Yes. And you've brought all that to the table. That's amazing. Well, you know, I taught for 16 years and I had a principal that gave me ownership. Uh, so I think that's there probably I learned it. You know, uh, Mr. Saylor, Mr. Albrink, when we went to him with ideas, they were always open to let us do things. So I wanted to make sure I did that for, for this staff, you know, because I don't need to tell them how to teach math and language arts and science. So they know they're professionals. They're experts. They know how to do it. I just need to support them in any, any way. So when they come up with a really good idea, I said, that sounds fantastic. Let's do it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. Well, anything else, Mr. Co-host? 
no, I, again, I, I think it's been a lot of information today and uh, a lot of things to be proud of and, and celebrate. Absolutely. Uh, within the within the intermediate in school. A year. For the, in, in, in a year. In a year. Less than a year. Less than a year. And again, I don't think it can be understated the amount of work that went into getting this building ready, not only the physical building. Uh, Jason and I, would we'd often text each other at night when we would look look down and see we were on the same Google Doc at 11 p.m. Yeah, right. trying to <laughs> right. make uh, looking at staffing and looking at scheduling and looking at a bunch of different things, all the pieces. There was a lot of logistics and moving parts, uh, not, again, just from the building, but also with the staffing and trying to figure out uh, the best fit to be be a part of the staff and, and how it was all going to shake out with the scheduling and the specials and trying to be as efficient and financially responsible as we could within all of those parameters and, and still make it an outstanding educational environment for our staff and students. Yeah, you mentioned social and emotional, and it's, it's not just the students. I hear it in what you're saying even about your staff, and, and I think to, to the district level, I'm fascinated that that is always, it sounds like, I don't know that you know it consciously, but I'm hearing that through the rest of these podcasts, that your district is very focused on the social and emotional of your staff as well as your students. And coming out of COVID, I think that's very important, but you guys have already had that foundation there. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I would say. I think we did uh, probably, a, I'll, I'll say, a better job than most districts around mm-hmm. during COVID of keeping our schools open, keeping kids in school every day uh, as much as we possibly could with the parameters we were we were working with. Um, but still, even though we were in school, we did have mo- the majority of our kids in the building every day. There was a lot of things lost, not just academically, but socially as well. And we all know what everyone went through, but I think kids, especially uh, the last two years, the the socialization and the ability to interact and just the general anxiety and fear of not knowing really what was going on with the world, that, Mm -hmm. that takes a toll on kids and uh, being able to, again, put them back into an environment. And this is not just the intermediate school. It's this entire district and mm-hmm. supporting kids and, and, and making sure that we're getting everybody back on the right track right. here and, and right. feeling that sense of normalcy academically, socially, uh, and, and showing them everything's going to be okay. And, and we made it, you know, we made it through this and uh, you still have a, a, a supportive, caring community and staff yes. that, that really is yes. going to do everything we can to help you be successful. And I think that's been at the forefront of almost every leadership meeting or every staff meeting is it's not really even the academics. And, and this is a fantastic academic district. Absolutely. Like, I mean, right. it's good as it gets. Your numbers show it. Um, yes, it does. So, um, <laughs> but not only that, but now we're talking, I, I think the social and emotional is coming out a lot more and we're talking about it. Our students at the intermediate were in second and third grade when they missed a lot of this. And that yeah. is that is some developmental wow. years of learning to play and interact and work together. So those are things that we, those are skills and you have to teach skills. So our teachers spend a lot of time teaching those skills and it's just going to take a while to catch some of those things up on top of some of the academic pieces that, you know, they're a little bit behind because we missed some school, you know, we were remote for a little while. And even when we came back, it just wasn't the same. So even coming back to quote unquote normal this year, isn't normal yet. Like I think we'll get there next year. But because of the efforts of the, of the staff and what they're doing every single day, I think we're probably in better shape than most. And I think with your project-based learning, just hearing of those different things, you know, that's going to help bring that out. And, and that's a, a brand-new program that you're, you're starting. And I think that is going to help bring kids out and, and 
out of their shells and into going, okay, my world is, is coming back. It's really coming back. So that's fantastic. I love that idea. Yeah, and we've, we've talked about that a lot as a district as well. Like the academic performance is something that the community and that school takes a tremendous amount of pride in. I think our, from our leadership standpoint, though, we, we look at let's, let's take care of our kids, let's take care of our staff, and then everything else will take care of itself from that point. So if Absolutely. we're doing the right things for kids, mm. doing the right things with our staff, uh, supporting them, supporting our kids, giving them resources that we have available, uh, they're going to be successful. And, and that's what we've seen. And, you know, the results are great, but really the process by which we get there is the most important thing and uh, hopefully our, our staff and students feel that from us every day that, that they're cared about they're loved uh, and that we really want them to do well and, and achieve but also learn how to to be good to each other and Absolutely. I think that's super important and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't you know speak to Mrs. Sawyers our counselor who uh, you know pulls double duty she's the well, she's pretty much the principal, but I'll say the <laughs> assistant principal at the intermediate. Uh, but, you know, and she's working with kids on a daily basis. She's created uh, groups to help kids get through get through things. She's very approachable. They love talking to her, probably almost too much. Her office is always <laughs> filled. She does a fantastic job of helping kids. And our counselors in this district have uh, really put in some extra work here in the last couple of years, too, helping kids maneuver through this, you know, COVID and all the things that they've missed and everything. So uh, she does a great job. And I know we have lots, lots of, lots of counselors do a good job, but um, I'm definitely fortunate to have her. Great. Yeah, we told him, you know, you're going to be a first-year principal, but you've got Callie as your counselor, so just sit right. back and she'll tell you what right. you just need to do. Just stay out of the way. Just stay out of the way. The office ladies run it, and I, I just need to stay out of the way. He, Jason does have a tremendous staff. Uh, he was able to get uh, some people from some other buildings that were maybe looking to make a change or looking to, to be somewhere different uh, within the district, and he was able to put together an outstanding staff. They do a great job, and, again, they've created such a, a great, a positive culture and environment for kids every day that uh, it's it's no no surprise that kids are having success and growing academically but also just to see them in the building and, and the smiles in the hallway and to see the teachers and you know again being a, a district office staff person being background kids and being able to walk in a classroom uh, I find myself doing that more often yep. now as yep. things go like it kind of takes you back and you remember why you're why you're there mm-hmm. and uh, that there when some things may seem crazy on the outside. It's uh, going back to say, man, we really are doing great things for kids and for this community uh, every day in our classrooms, not just at RIS, but in all of our buildings. And that's really, uh, it's really great to see. I think, and I think one of my favorite things about this district too, is we don't, we don't stand pat. So this is our first year. It's been very successful, but we're looking at how do we get better next year? And I think all of our, all of our schools, all of our staff, everyone does that. Um, what can we try next? What can we do next? What's even better than what we did this year? And I think that's definitely the mark of a, a great district is, you know, we already know we're a great district and we could kind of sit on that, but we keep pushing forward and finding uh, new and better ways to do things. And that's pretty exciting. Great. Fantastic. Bravo. Kudos to you and your staff. That's awesome. So I think the only thing left to talk about is, again, having, what, 16 seasons as a varsity baseball coach, we have to get your hot take on your Cincinnati Red Legs right now. And oh, okay. here we go. I thought this was awesome. supposed to be all positive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's not a good subject with me right now, so let <laughs> we'll we'll not we'll not uh, enter that. Yeah, discussion. we'll we'll uh, yeah. Steve, we're turning it back Thanks, to Steve. you for this I week's announcements. That. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are. Uh, by the time this is, is released on the fifteenth, uh, we will be hard to believe nine days of school left. Nine days of school wow. left. Is that right? By the time we wow. by the time this is released on the fifteenth, so uh, obviously we're looking forward to graduation. 
which is on Wednesday the 26th. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Wednesday the 25th of May at uh, Millette Hall. That'll be our, oh, our high school yep, Miami. on my okay, campus of Miami University. Be our, our graduation ceremony. Also, our, our spring sports teams will be entering their tournament season. So yeah. track and field. Uh, we are hosting the district track and field championship meet again at, at Ross High School. Uh, Mr. Richards and Mr. Beck have done a, a great job, and Mr. Rettinger was a part of that the last few years as a assistant athletic director. That's a that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a, all the Division One schools in Southwest Ohio uh, coming down for the district track meet, wow. and uh, it, it's Jake. Uh, runs an incredible track meet. He's a track guy. He loves it, uh, but he, he does a great job hosting hosting that meet. Yeah. And uh, it's all the schools typically are very uh, complimentary of, of the job that we do running that. So that's a big deal for our school and our community as well. So uh, baseball and softball being in sectional tournament play, hopefully moving on from there. And uh, same thing with our tennis, boys tennis program. So lots to look forward to, even though we are winding down here to the to the end of <laughs> still busy. Yeah, yeah nine, absolutely. Nine days of school left, and I, I think every year it it feels like the summer gets shorter and shorter, and there's always yeah. new things coming yeah. up. And we, um, you know, the moment the school year ends, take a deep breath and Get start back preparing at it. for the next year. That's so right. it's uh, a, a, a continual, ongoing process of just uh, preparing for the next thing. Very cool. Well, thank you, gentlemen. It's been another fantastic episode. This was great. I keep learning more and more. Appreciate your time. Thanks for stopping in. Hey, thanks for having us. And uh, don't Absolutely. count them down too much the way he's just counting that it's thing It's a long down. season. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. But a good one. There we go. All right. Thanks again. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you found this episode informative, entertaining, and beneficial to you. As always, thanks for listening to the Ross Local School District podcast. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to come back in two weeks for our next episode. Be sure to follow the school district on social media, Facebook, and our new Twitter account at InfoRLSD. Until then, this is Sean Moss, and don't forget, discover, aspire, and relate every day. podcast was created by the Ross Local School District. It was produced and recorded at Ross High School.